You're listening to the Arctic Circle podcast. In this episode, we listen to His Excellency Virginius Sinkevicius, EU Commissioner for Environment, Oceans and Fisheries, introduce the new EU Arctic strategy. The Commissioner's speech is followed by a Q&A from the audience, moderated by Oliver Ragnar Grimsson, Chairman of the Arctic Circle and former President of Iceland. This event originally took place at the 2021 Arctic Circle Assembly in Reykjavik, Iceland. Good afternoon, everyone, His Excellency, former President, Prime Minister, Ministers, Excellencies, distinguished guests and friends of the Arctic. First of all, it's a truly great pleasure to be here with you. I can't recall such a full event and such a good energy in the room for quite some time. Hope this energy doesn't contribute to melting of the ice, but actually contributes to solutions uh, towards the what's happening in the Arctic. I would like to thank, first of all, the organizers for the opportunity to present the European Union's new Arctic strategy here at this very impressive event. The fact that this visit here to Iceland is right after adoption of the strategy is symbolic, as it's once more expresses the importance of the Arctic region to the European Union. And that importance is still growing. Ahead of COP26 in Glasgow, the EU is putting forward a new policy on a stronger EU engagement for peaceful, sustainable, and prosperous Arctic. Peaceful, sustainable, and prosperous. We all know that the Arctic is changing rapidly. Under the impact of global warming, growing competition for resources and geopolitical rivalries, and if we don't manage those changes carefully, they will irreparably damage some of the most beautiful and fragile places on Earth. So that's why we are here today, to acknowledge the importance of the region and gather support for ambitious solutions. With our new vision, the European Union wants to make clear that we have not just geopolitical interest at stake, but also a a meaningful contribution to make. We have set out precisely why and how we intend to step up the European engagement for the Arctic. And the three main dimensions along which we want to act are climate action, international cooperation, and putting people first. Climate change is the most acute threat the Arctic is facing. No other place in the world is warming faster. The Arctic Sea, the Arctic Sea ice is melting. The Greenland ice sheet ice is melting. Permafrost is thawing. At a local and regional level, we see coastal erosion, biodiversity loss, and the destruction of associated ecosystems as a result. But the consequences of those changes extend to the whole planet. They profoundly affect nature and people in multiple ways, including through raising sea levels or completely derailed weather systems. We have seen quite a lot of that in the EU just this summer, with all human catastrophes that come with it. And in the end, everything is connected. The climate crisis, the collapse of our ecosystems and biodiversity, our security, health and safety, our prosperity and the future generations. The 20s of this millennium 
will be remembered as the make or break decade in the fight against climate change and biodiversity crisis. We have the science, we have the know-how, we even have the money. But what we don't have or won't have is a good enough excuse to explain to our children why we didn't do everything we could to fight off climate change and save the Arctic. Therefore, the EU is determined to step up its game in the Arctic, do even more than we have done so far. Of course, the eight Arctic states have the primary responsibility, but many issues affecting the Arctic can only be addressed through regional or multilateral cooperation. Many of those issues are relevant for geopolitical dynamics, for wider security concerns, and for climate change. Therefore, every step of the way matters, and we will be part of that journey. We will also continue to play our role in international negotiations affecting the Arctic, because we need global actions for real impact. And there are many areas where global action is needed. Let me mention some of the most important ones. The EU will further address major sources of black carbon emissions, regionally and multilaterally, with all relevant players. We will push to keep oil, coal, and gas in the ground, including in the Arctic, regions building on existing partial moratoriums on hydrocarbons exploration in the Arctic. By promoting sustainable solutions in the European Arctic, we want to lead by example and inspire other Arctic regions and other parts of the world with harsh climatic conditions. We will support the designation of marine protected areas in the Arctic Ocean, in line with our own EU-wide target of 30% marine protected areas by 2030, as well as the international 30 by 30 campaign. You can also rest assured that the EU will continue to negotiate a strong agreement on biological diversity areas beyond national jurisdictions and keep on contributing to the implementation of the agreement to prevent unregulated high seas fisheries in the Central Arctic Ocean. We will advocate with our global partners to set the highest standards for reducing the environmental impact of processes for exploitation and processing of raw materials. And we will promote faster reductions in the use of heavy fuel oils for Arctic shipping at the MAO and the EU entry ports. As I said, those are some our most relevant strands of action at international level with respect to the Arctic, but there are many more. What's important to understand to frame diplomatic efforts correctly is that EU defines its geopolitical interests in a broad and comprehensive manner to promote stability, safety, and peaceful cooperation. That's where we have most to gain in the long term. To achieve those objectives, we will intensify our cooperation on Arctic issues with all concerned, and notably with allies and partners such as the US, Canada, Norway, Russia, and of course Iceland. That in place, uh, implies mainstreaming Arctic matters into our regular dialogues with all relevant countries and regional bodies. And in a very visible way, this enhanced cooperation will be reflected into the establishment of European Commission office in Greenland. This will further consolidate the good and long-standing cooperation between Greenland and the EU. Furthermore, we will enhance our involvement in all relevant Arctic Council working groups, and we will work towards an all-Atlantic research alliance from pole to pole. Now, finally, a word on putting people first, the third dimension of our new Arctic policy. By focusing on the people, 
we mean to find a balance between preserving precious ecosystems and encouraging sustainable economic development for the benefit of future generations. One cannot exist without the other. The EU will continue investing in the future of people living in the Arctic, paying special attention to the interests and views of youth, women, and indigenous people. We will support better education, sustainable growth and jobs, innovation and research, job creation, digital connectivity, digital skills. In the EU, we say that to succeed with the green transformation, with our European Green Deal, we must leave no one behind. I believe this is also applies to the sustainable development of the Arctic. And that's why we say putting people first. So with this, I hope I have been able to give you a quick update of our new Arctic policy and even more so a good insight into the values, interests and concerns behind that policy. For more detail, I'm happy to take a question or two. Uh, or you are more than welcome actually to attend the breakout session today at half past five with the EU Special Envoy for Arctic Matters. I strongly believe that the EU has a key role to play in making the Arctic safe, stable, sustainable and prosperous. Safe and stable through enhanced international cooperation. Sustainable and prosperous by ensuring a strong link between EU's Arctic engagement and our climate policy, the European Green Deal and its blue economy dimension. Let me finish by thanking you again for organizing this important debate. International gatherings such as this make our commitment to cooperate and find common solutions even stronger. And I look forward to continue working with you. Thank you. So, now it's up to all of you uh, to put the questions. And maybe we can get the lights a little bit up in the yeah, hall so I can see where people put up their hands. But while we wait for the first question from the hall, maybe I can ask you, it is indeed a formidable strategy and policy. And we would be honored to have the European Union coming to future assemblies to monitor how you progress in Very this good. way. But if I ask you, what is the single most important challenge you face in executing this policy, giving the political structure and the concerns of this great body which the European Union is, the complexities of the Commission and the, the Parliament, and also the will of individual states who also want to have their own, own uh, role. So as you go back to Brussels from here, what will you tell your colleagues about what is the most important challenge they're going to face in, in the times ahead? I think overall, speaking about the European Green Deal and um, implementation of climate agenda, we have to realize that it is impossible by single country, even a region, to fight climate change successfully. Same goes if you zoom in into, into Arctic region. It's impossible to fight those changes that are already happening three times faster than else on, it, on its own. So it's very important to find a landing zone which would allow us 
to really take a good care of Arctic, to ensure that those economic interests, they are not put up front the climate agenda. And that we all agree that with climate agenda, we also can uh, reach economic prosperity, that we can find win-win solutions, first of all, for people living in the region, for more than 4 million people who live in the region. Secondly, for uh, an area, for its ecosystems, but most importantly, for the whole planet. What happens in the Arctic does not stay in the Arctic, and we're all going to be affected by those changes. So therefore, I think the biggest challenge is actually realizing, first of all, the scope of the challenge, and then finding the landing zone beyond those economic interests. Great. Okay. So let's have some questions from the wall. I told you this is an open democratic forum. Yes. Okay. Can, the microphone is there. If you can just state your name and then go straight to the question. James Gray. I'm from the British Parliament, MP. I run the all-party parliamentary group for the polar regions. Um, well done your appointment as, uh, as special envoy, which is great. I think it's terrific. And well done this report. I much look forward to reading it. I'm sure it's a very important and seminal document. Uh, but you did touch very briefly on your relationship with the Arctic Council. And I wondered if you could bring us up to date on how the EU's negotiations with the Arctic Council are progressing with regard to achieving observer status. Good question. Thank you very much. So as I'm informed... Uh, those, those obstacles of, 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 declarations, uh, of declarations are now behind. And we're, of course, looking forward to, 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 to moving ahead and gaining uh, the, the, the observer status. But that doesn't really prevent us from, from, from working with, 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 uh, with the region, with, with, uh, with countries in the region. And as clearly our strategy puts it forward, we will need uh, enhanced uh, multilateral cooperation on the challenges that, uh, that the region is going to, to face. So I'm looking forward. I hope that uh, all those obstacles that they were raised are now behind, that we, 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 we managed to, to put them behind, and that soon we're going to, to, to obtain the observer status. Okay, there's a question here. And also in the back, I mean, you're also part of this, so don't hesitate. <coughs> Hello, yeah, my name is Heiko Rökson, Mr. President, uh, Mr. Chairman. Also, I would like to stress also to peace questions and so on. Mm. Of course, you know, gender and uh, the climate change is very important. But uh, those countries are eight, and uh, Russia is uh, one against maybe many countries in European Union, NATO, NATO have 30 countries, Russia is one against them. And uh, uh, unfortunately, there is uh, a small presence of Russian Federation here anyway. But, you know, the Russians, they have very uh, strong submarine fleet in the north. They are doing big emphasis uh, as to military upbuild in the, in the north, maybe the west as well. But the proportion as, uh, as like that, and uh, those countries, uh, I mean, the East Bloc came to NATO and so on, and the Russians are worried. Uh, is it possible to have some peace agenda as to this military build-up and arms race, which is now developing in the North? And do you, uh, do you take this into account as, as in, in this Arctic Council? And just to have peaceful peace and cooperation here. 
which is maybe the most important as to arms race and so on, you know. Thank you and all success. Thank you. Thank you for your question. So I, I think we should start from the, 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 the ending of your question that, that peace and stability is the interest of, of, of everyone. And <clears throat> to be honest, if you zoom in into, into Arctic policies uh, and, and, and work with Russia, it's, it's been quite, uh, quite successful, especially on cooperation on, on, on research uh, and, and innovation. Uh, of course, when you go into a larger scene of, of, of politics, then, then we have quite, quite, quite big differences there. So I, I think our strategy very clearly puts our priorities. And those our priorities is not a sort of a telling someone what to do and how to do, but it's actually a call for a dialogue, respecting each other, respecting each other's position, respecting the large border that Russia has there, and, 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 and seeking for, for that uh, close dialogue and engagement, which would, of course, uh, serve as, as a victory of all, first of all, of region, but then again, of the, the, the whole planet. Okay, so, do we have more questions? Well, everybody seems to be clear about the... Okay, meet, meet Threadwell, all the way from Alaska, meet. Yes. It's a long way from the European Union, but... <clears throat> Minister, thank you for your remarks. Uh, the announcement of the EU Arctic strategy has already generated lots of waves at home in Alaska. Because I don't think uh, the whole continent of Europe talked to us before they told us that we should shut down our main businesses uh, of oil and gas. Uh, we're, we're working very, very hard to be more sustainable. We have the least methane leaks of almost any gas fields in America. <coughs> we have the closest transportation to the large Asian markets. Uh, we are working on decarbonization strategies as... Uh, as many others are. And might I just suggest it might be better if you actually have a dialogue with the people producing rather than announce as a continent you will try to put us out of business. Okay, thank you for your, for your, for your question. Good. <laughs> so, first of all, let's build on that what you have mentioned. Yeah? Let's build on that what you have mentioned, uh, because I think you shouldn't be taking this as a, some sort of ultimatum or squeezing you out of business. I think what's going to inevitably squeeze you out of the business, uh, the raising temperature, the ice melting, and the changes and the rays of the sea, which inevitably going to, to occur. And we can be arguing about it the, the whole day, uh, but I think what's most important is to take decisions. And we're ready to take decisions, first of all, by ourselves and by leading by example. And it's up to you in the end of the day uh, to follow or not, because not everyone is on the same step of readiness, because I know that there is a lot of jobs in your region probably dependent on those industries. There is lots of welfare created. And absolutely, the climate change is not a, uh, the, the Green Deal agenda is not a walk in the park. It will require solutions horizontally across all sectors. How are we going to replace those jobs? 
how the person who worked in uh, the gas sector there in Alaska is going to, to find a different job which he never imagined. Do we have already a reskilling programs for that? There is a lot of work to be done. With this announcement, we just say what we're going to implement and we're going to call partners to support us. And you find the courage, ideas to support us, let's build on those best practices rather than take it as a rivalry pushing someone out of business. It's not our interest. Our interest is to save that region for all those people who are hardworking and protecting that region for many, many years. Thank you for your question. Thank you very much, Commissioner. Indeed, thank you very much.